Thank you for tuning in. This is our podcast, Healthy Families First, and I'm your podcast host, Dr. Raquel Leah. You can visit our blogger, TexasHealthyFamiliesFirst.blogspot.com or stop through our website at learn-edu.org for resources, tips, legislation changes and updates, sponsorship, and membership. We are listeners supported by members like you, and we've heard your request. So, we have four advocacy goals. America's future legislative processes in family court, generational kinship and communication between parents and child, economic and educational freedom, and effective justice for parents. Thank you for tuning in. Now, Let's get started. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am your host, Dr. Raquel Leah, and you're listening to Healthy Families First. Okay, so the last two weeks I took off. I really needed to get back into cybersecurity, which I'm not really into it just yet. I had an eight-week sabbatical where I took on three um, personal clients and what they needed me to do as a consultant. And then from there, put a strong effort into the radio show. So our marketing campaign starts at the end of the summer. And you are probably going to see where we are just We are really putting a strong effort um, with content right now until the end of the summer. It's just going to be content on top of content on on top of content, especially with the magazine. When we start the when we really speed marketing up with blogs and um, just everything that marketing pertains to, we're then going hopefully our goal by the end of the year start is to start taking phone calls, but we'll begin taking guest speakers by the end of the summer. So that'll be something that's totally different and new for me. I'm not used to hosting a show where I'm engaging in with someone else. Now, when we used to do, when I used to do things live, okay, we did it then. However, that's, that's kind of not where we're going with this. We're, we're not where I want to do live shows. It just becomes exhausting. You have a booth. You have different people that you talk to in the hallway at conferences. You bring them over. You kind of get them mic'd up. You tell them about the show. And you're walking up and down the uh, conference aisles with whatever's going on in the background asking people their opinion. A lot of people don't want to share their opinion. They haven't heard of the show. So it can be costly and exhausting at the same time. So you, depending on your venue, you might get some good takes. You might not. So instead of doing that, <clears throat> we'll open it up to guest speakers. Well, we will ask people in maybe once a month, we'll do a two-hour show. Well, we'll have a guest speaker where we can engage. We can really talk with them about what their experience was as a child, what parenting means to them as a child, what parenting means to them now as an adult, and how it's impact their career and their life. So that's kind of where we're going for the end of the summer. Until we get there, 
we're doing a strong effort for content, 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 content. And we want, um, by that time, everybody's going to be moved over to patreon.com slash healthy families first, where that will be the mode where you give. It just is right now. People have alternatives to that and people like the alternatives. They kind of stick with that. Well, we can't always provide you with that. So in this next summer, this next summer series, we're doing this between eight and 12 weeks. We'll have to see how it goes. We're going to focus on the book, Recovering from Sexual Assault by Family Members, Breaking Generational Curses, When Child Protective Services Takes Your Children. I'm finding that as technology improves and we have different modes of communication, people are speaking out about their experience as a child. And my heart goes out to some, to, to people's experiences that didn't have ideal childhoods. And when you don't have an ideal childhood, it's hurtful, it's painful, and you want to do better. You just don't know how. And you don't know that you're not actually doing better until something happens. And usually when something happens, it's a strong negative impact and force in your life as a parent. So we want to kind of work in a series genre to kind of catch the wave of that. And the only way to do that is to put us put put our show in book format, which it's already been. Everything that we sell, every um, because I'm going to sell recovering from sexual assault by family members by chapter as we go. So for those of you, let me see how much is selling on Amazon. Okay. So last month I think I sold well, I didn't sell. <laughs> Amazon sold 18 copies. Um right now um my my VPN is in Canada. So in Canada it's selling in paperback for $44.99 because it's selling two used copies are selling for $57 and $61. Oh, good gravy. This is expensive. And then um, if you go back, Kindle is selling it. Oh, okay. Remember, this is these are Canadian prices. So the price is going to be about 15% difference. Um, the Canadian copy is $32.83 on Kindle. All right. So there's another Rachel Robertson out there. And that's my publishing name. And it's my publishing name because it's my married name when I publish these books. And I'm divorced now. So I'm Rachel Levesque, which is my maiden name. So um, you are going, <clears throat> let me drink some tea. I always need tea. I think you should just Google it. And if everyone has Amazon, it doesn't matter if I'm broadcasting in Australia, it doesn't matter what, whatever 47 countries you're listening to this to, we syndicate through BBS radio. So you have an Amazon. <laughs> If you don't, go to bbs.com slash healthy families first. I will put, I'm going to start blogging. We'll have the blog up. 
by the time you're listening to this, it should be up. And you can order the whole book in its entirety. I understand if you don't have the money, because I'm going to tell you something. You can buy a book on Amazon for $1.99. You really can. So why would you then purchase Recovering from Sexual Assault by Family Members for $57? All right. You're going to have to figure that one out. (laughs) You're going to have to figure that one out. If you would spend an hour in a counseling session, and that counseling session is $120, that counseling session is using your insurance, and you have to come up with a copay. Oh, yes, you're spending the money and the dollars for this book. I'm not, we are not going to devalue what it's worth on any level. So let me take a moment. We're going to do a commercial break and then we're going to come back and continue the conversation. As an NGO, the Cognitive Institute of Dallas and Technology is a nonprofit active in education, philanthropy, and other areas to affect change according to objectives in cybersecurity. While they support a format for vendors to offer courses, more often hosted events require organizational sponsorship and planning. Included is a suite of interactive learning tools for stimulating scenarios such as cyber attacks. They offer software development, security courses for professionals and CE units. Visit their website today. Considering becoming a supporter of Healthy Families First for only $3 a month? Visit our page at patreon.com forward slash Healthy Families First and look for the membership levels on the right side of the page. You can support the fight for parental engagement and parenting, a mission and cause of Healthy Families First, by purchasing an ebook or purchase the print book. Click on the affiliate link to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Book Patch at our blog at texashealthyfamilies.blogspot.com. Thanks again for your generous support. And we're back. So I'll interject. This is a housekeeping day. This is a day where I have to kind of stay on schedule and topic and what I want to share with you. So it's a big housekeeping day on the structure of the show. And I'm going to encore it on Spreaker. I'll encore it on Spotify, just wherever you can find it and Google it. It'll be on Google Play. It'll be on uh, something cast, any kind of... Um, Burberry, it's on Burberry, any kind of of podcast platform, Podbean, it's going to be there. 
<clears throat> and it'll be there in this 50-minute increment, not to mention bbsradio.com will have it the entire hour. Because, well, BBS always does that. They, they always do this for us. We want to be able to bring you all of the content material. So you will not hear another episode like this where we really go into housekeeping. We're just going to jump right in into a topic. For example, and I always like to use um, the Amazon cover, the Amazon page because Amazon gives me an idea of what you're looking at. As a matter of fact, exactly what you're looking at. One of the things that I always like to mention is that there is a, this particular book is a, is a dedication to the Me Too movement. It, it really is. And the reason that it is, is because now that we have the Me Too movement, I think people are able to voice what they've never been able to voice with the level of eloquence. I am enraged when you have two people in a conversation. One person is calm and the other person is just outrate. They look like they need to be medicated. They're crying. They're insane. This always happens. And then the calm person pushes a trigger on the irate person and says, you're crazy. You need medication. Nobody believes you. And they speak this emotional hate to the receiver of the communication because it's two people in the conversation. And the other person is crying, is in tears. They can't get their words out. They, they look very erratic. They are off the Richter scale. And so you have this one calm person. I don't know what you're talking about. I never did that to you. You're crazy. You need medication. And the other person screaming and shouting and in tears. You did this to me when I was a kid. I hate you. And they do look like they need medication, and maybe they do. Here's the point. For a very long time, there has been this idea that the calm person is the okay person. Well, because they're calm, they, they, how could they have possibly victimized this person? And the, and, and the burden of proof is left on the victim to prove. And where the victim can't prove this because this happened as a child, the victim becomes irate. The victim is not able to voice their emotion. The victim is in tears. They, they feel like a depowered eight or nine-year-old child or whatever year or however they were when the original incident happened. And they have no power. And so the calm person who actually is a sociopath, actually, in this, in this issue, in this context, is never looked upon uh, as, well, maybe they did it. Because the calm person is used to and has already set up a, an environment or a system in preparation that the victim would one day speak out. And so what they say is to make the audience appear on their side. Nobody believes you. You're crazy. 
Weren't you medicated 10 years ago? Something happened to you in your past. Oh, I care about you, but you need to get some help. You've got to stop saying these things. And so the, the society in America, the culture in America has been that we turn our backs on people that need a little Prozac. <laughs> We're not gonna, going to, if someone says there's some emotional issue, we automatically put that person on defensive and say to that person, where if you've ever had medication, if you've ever had a hallucination, if you've ever had any kind of mental health issue where you were depressed or you had some anxiety or maybe you were bipolar or maybe you had a disassociative disorder and didn't know what to do with your emotions. If you've ever been on medication, then we're not going to listen to you. You're discredited. And so we're just going to listen to you to passe it. But that person didn't do that to you. And that's what, that's what America, that's what you get for being in America and being medicated. And the Me Too movement is, has taken an axe and chopped the cherry tree down four or five times. So that victims have an eloquence in voicing their opinion and they can now be heard. It doesn't mean that anyone's going to believe them. But there's a structure now for a victim to say, yes, I've been medicated. I have not known what to do with my emotion because this person took that power from me and I'm working on getting that power back. So at this point... I have a lot. I want to dive a little bit into that so that we can talk about a little more of the structure of the show. But let's take a, a commercial break because we need each other. We'll be back. Broken Foundations, the sexual assault of baby girl, is a chronological platform and awareness campaign for sexual assault victims. Concerns of accountability and justice have gone unnoticed even within the hashtag MeToo movement. Share one author's journey through family, trust, relationships for addressing sexual assault within families. Purchase your copy today on Amazon.com. Broken Foundations, The Sexual Assault of Baby Girl. Become a patron-level corporate sponsor. Tech taught by the Cog of Dallas and Technology, a private U.S. for-profit company founded in 1992 that specializes in information security, cybersecurity training, and selling certificates. Topics available for training include cyber and network defenses, penetration testing, incident response, digital forensic, and audit. The information security courses are developed through a consensus process involving administrators, security managers, and information security professionals. Visit their website today. And we're back. Thank you so much for tuning in. You're listening to Healthy Families First. We're starting a series 
breaking generational curses. And this, the series has eight books. The one book that we're going to dive into for the next, I don't know, 12 weeks, maybe eight, is Recovering from Sexual Assault. If you'd like to buy the book in its entirety, go to our homepage, bbs.com slash healthyfamiliesfirst. Scroll down to the left. You should be able to click and it'll allow you to purchase the book on Amazon. However, if you don't have those kind of dollars, visit healthyfamiliesfirst.com. Wait a minute. I got to get it. <laughs> I don't know what the website is this is going to be problematic let me think let me pull it up right now because the other website allows you to purchase the book by chapter all right so uh, i have to put in my password please do not memorize my password by sound i know people have all kind of technology out there hopefully you didn't get that and you can go to here we go (laughs) the other website healthyfamiliesfirst.e-junkie.com So, there you can purchase the book by chapter. And I'm today I'm just kind of going to go into uh, the dedication. And we're talking about the Me Too movement. And what I'm saying is that we want to give people a voice. And so I, I, I will say that when I wrote the dedication and the introduction, I could not, I was so hurt. I don't think I did a really good spell check. So I'm even looking at a grammatical issue right now on the first page. You'll have to, you'll have to work past it. Um, I think that's the only one, but you never know. And please don't email me and tell me what it what they are. I, I think you kind of get through it. I'm looking at it now. And it was so hard to read. And I dedicated it to my four children. I have five children. But this previous marriage, I dedicated, dedicated it to my four children because of their um, complex situation. So... I want you to know that I think people understand um, or they're starting to understand sexual assault because of the Me Too movement. And they're understanding that someone else in your particular situation has power over you. And that is so hard to deal with. And I'm sorry for that. There's nothing I can do about that. I can't, I can't reach in and, and break those chains. And when my children were younger, we went to the circus every year because Ringley, Barnum and Bailey said that they were letting the animals go. They were going to return the animals into the wild. Those that, that could be, could be back implemented. And the other ones, they were going to just keep them and let them kind of, kind of, um, stay in, in their better environment. However, so I knew the circus, my ex-husband and I, my ex-husband and myself, we knew the circus was going to end. So the last three years the circus were in town, we were sure to go and kind of take pictures and children kind of have a different experience. I 
am the kind of parent. I've got to get to the circus two or three hours early. It's very difficult for my children to see animals that have never seen animals except for the PBS station. (laughs) And YouTube, okay? YouTube kids. So, well, the zoo, but they're behind bars. The, the, The... Ringlings, Barnum, and Bailey, these animals are not behind bars that you can see during the show. So what we do, or what I do, is make sure we went two or three hours early, and we walked around, we saw the clowns, we had cotton candy, and that's hard enough. It's very difficult to see a clown. I don't like clowns. And I remember dealing with my clown situation when it was time to take the kids to the zoo. I saw Stephen King's It. I am still screaming. I don't know the point and why Stephen King would choose to torture me as a child about a clown. I still haven't seen the movie as an adult. I've tried several times. I am telling you this clown has power over me. (laughs) So I can't do Stephen King, the movie. See, I know the name of the movie, It, with the clown. I can't do it. I still have never, ever seen the movie. I've tried several times as an adult to see the movie. The guy has just, um, he's damaged me for the rest of my life. And I knew I was going to have to take the children to the circus. This was something I was going to have to get over. I'm going to tell you, I would go and I would stand back a little bit and let my children go to the circus and walk while I watch them go up to the clowns. I hate clowns. (laughs) But it's part of the circus. And the clowns are outside. They're not in the parking area, but they were outside the arena kind of handing out balloons. Some of the kids took to it. Some of them didn't. Here's the point. I wanted my children to be at the circus. Why? Because I knew that it was their last opportunity, maybe, to have that sort of experience. Now, circus Olay, I've gone a couple of times. Um, I've been taken by dates a couple of times to Circus Olay. Do not take your children there. <laughs> okay, do not do it. Don't. It's not It's not for kids. However, um, when you see the elephant, the elephants, the elephants are on change, which is the point of the whole topic that I'm trying to tell you, but I got a little sidetracked. <laughs> the elephants are in chains. that has always been hurtful to me. I've never understood the concept of the chain. And, and, And when you say these elephants have been trained to obey the person that controls the chain, my question to you is now, how did you train them? What did their training involve? Now, we all know what their training involved. Their training involves some form of subjugation to let the elephant know that there's a master... And it is not you, the elephant. You are the servant. You are subservient to who holds control over the chain. And it's the same concept of a person that has gone through sexual assault and their predator, their offender. That that person holds the chain. So when you write me and you let me know what your experience has been. I can't reach into your situation and break that chain. Sometimes it is a life chain. But just because someone yanks it doesn't mean you have to respond. 
that's very difficult to do. Someone has trained you to believe that the chain on your ankle is more powerful than you. And the Me Too movement has taken a small chunk out of that. They've hit the, they've taken an axe and they've hit the chain. Kind of like someone welding. They've taken a, a, a welding power tool and they've melted down some of the chain. Is the chain gone? Absolutely not. And because I've, I've had my own experiences in life, I know my triggers. I understand my triggers. And I stay away from certain environments because of those triggers. You put me in that environment. I am a scared cat on the roof. I'm not coming down. I am on the ceiling. Declawed or not. My palms are in the ceiling. Or I'm on the ceiling fan going in a small circle. (laughs) And you are not getting me down. If you put me in the right environment with the right master and let me know that my ankle is now chained. I can't do that. And so because I've learned that there is a break free from the chain, then I, I choose to live. It, and sometimes it is a daily effort where you choose to live a life of freedom that's very hard because that means that your ghosts don't go away they're in the back they're holding the chain however you choose to live in a life of freedom that's very difficult because you may have to make that choice 12 and 13 times a day you may have some residual ptsd or some inflared ptsd and trust me if And this book is about family members, and I purposely wrote it regarding family members. I wrote one for men, boys, and I wrote one for girls. And the reason I I use this one as recovering from sexual assault around family members is because they will continually have that chain be your trigger and pull that chain. And so, because your offender is constantly around you with this chain of enforcement, you look like a fool, like a mental health inpatient, need to be medicated, constant erratic behavior, unconscionable, cannot form a statement, fool, someone has chained you. And so, because of that, I dedicated this book to the Me Too movement. And um, the Me Too movement really put, have, has, has brought a level of eloquence to education and communication. Is the problem solved? No. Um, and if a child cannot, for example, in the state of Texas, if a child cannot verbalize and have a witness to the sexual assault the offender gets away from gets away from you and in most cases that offender is a mother a father an aunt or an uncle in your intimate life so now you are going to be abused even further because you had a voice so you grow up learning 
that society is not going to protect you. The judge is not going to protect you. Police officer, officers are not going to protect you. And the moment you try to speak out, there's going to be um, some form of punishment. And you grow up with that chain understanding that you have nowhere to go. And as adult, to have that chain, that chain is still there, that was placed there as a child, you literally have no voice. And so you look erratic. You look depowered, declawed, and in the jungle, unable to protect yourself. What do you do? And this book kind of... Um, I try to help you walk through what you do. Now, I'm not going to, I'm just going to let you know right now, I'm not going to work through any of the um, spelling errors, but I will point them out. I will point the spelling errors out for you. They're not as many. I just couldn't keep reading the book over and over and over again. And at the time that I needed to put it out there, um, the editorial process, because this particular book is 303 pages, I didn't have the personal funds to get an editor. No one was going to edit 303 pages for free. It was a, it was a horrible expectation. So we did what we could with autocorrect and we did what we could with what we could. And then we put it out there and the book has sold successfully. Let's take a short break. You're listening to Healthy Families First. To hear more Healthy Family First programming, go to bbsradio.com forward slash Healthy Families First. One of the biggest benefits of magazine and online advertisements is that it's easy for them to appear before a target audience. While a newspaper reaches a broad spectrum of people, a magazine is designed for people who have shared interests or values. At Healthy Families First, whether your awareness campaign markets education, family, kids, parents, food choice, pediatrics, and or entertainment, we're here to help. Visit healthyfamiliesfirst.learn-edu.org. And we're back. Thank you so much for tuning in. I am Dr. Raquel Lea. You're listening to Healthy Families First, and we are talking about the book um, in our upcoming series, Recovering from Sexual Assault by Family Members. I It's such a long title. So let me tell you why the title's so long. So the, the title is this long because there was this belief that if the title was longer, people would be able to find it. But thank you, Google, for changing the way they do marketing on the Internet. So that didn't work out as well. All right. So. Um, I just kind of want to get through chapter one 
in chapter one, um, we look at case law. I am an advocate of case law. I'm an advocate of, I, I tried to, to use CL rape, which is the carnal knowledge of a woman against her will. Carnal knowledge of a woman against her will. So basically what's the, what that's saying is that um, penetration is required for carnal knowledge to take place. Uh, and, and I, I am really upset about having to be penetrated in order to have a classification of rape. That bothers me. So the reason that bothers me is that the code of laws in the United States of America is official. It's a codification, it's permanent, and it's a federal status. Um, So when you get into what rape of a child means and um, committing a a sexual act upon children, I think the date was, I don't, I don't really know the date. I think the date was somewhere... I have to look up what the date is because I don't want to get it wrong. When you're talking about using force against any person, that doesn't include penetration. But carnal knowledge says that there has to be some form of penetration in order for the sexual assault of a child to be deemed the sexual assault of a child, which to me is stupid. But okay, not all the laws in... um, America, I agree with. So then you have, what does sexual assault mean in a marriage? What does, what does consent mean? What does sexual act and sexual conduct mean? What does force mean? Uh, what is threatening or placing uh, a child in fear means? So how do you prove that there is fear in a child upon that person touching the genitalia? They're not going to take the opinion of just the child. That's when Child Protective Services comes in. Child Protective Services comes in and their investigation is a little bit different in that now if if Child Protective Services does an interview and and deems that this child has been sexually assaulted or that their genitalia has been, I don't know, touched and there is some level of fear, the Department of Family Protective Services child court, child welfare, um, child protection services, whatever it's called in your state, those people can come in and petition the court and then say, we should limit this person's access to this child because there's what we call, quote unquote, a federal statement, reason to believe that this child has been assaulted. So you take that in civil court where in criminal court, that doesn't count. In criminal court, it has to be some form of penetration that's traceable. So the child now has to go through some form of medical procedure, which is also damaging. And then when you have this chain around your leg that this abuser or offender is going to come after you and do something about it, the child does not understand the gravity of the situation, I don't believe. So they don't know this might be their only opportunity to tell the truth. And even if they knew that, the Department of Family Protective Services isn't necessarily on the child's side. They're on the side of the law. So if if they're going to place you 
with your aunt who's divorced from your uncle. They're not supposed to be in your presence. More often than not, they will. If it's a family member, say a father, and you're with your mother, there's going to be some kind of paperwork saying the father has to get visits at uh, an institution where he can be watched. That's only for a limited time. Okay? Eventually, you're going to come into contact with that family member and that adult family member is going to be sure to come in contact with you. And then the pressure starts where people seem to think that you, the victim, as a child is unreasonable and quote unquote, no one's doing anything to you. Well, it was Uncle Charles that did it. Well, Uncle Charles just looked at you. You have a problem with the way people look at you now? There are all kind of comments that kind of beats you back down. So I don't like the way the dedication and introduction and chapter one is kind of set up. I'm not going to take the time to do it over again, but I will work with you as we go through it, as we go through the book. I can't employ you enough that um, we really need to help individuals have a voice and understand that you have been slowly manipulated out of your power. And not just by the person that's the offender. There is an environment and an ecosystem that the offender is now allowed to do what it is they do. For example, and I won't tell you where this comes from. This lady had some sexual assault and she had a child and then claimed the child was sexually assaulted by the father, which was her ex-husband. So the ex-husband claimed that that particular woman was quote unquote crazy and needed medication and has a history of claiming sexual assault by family members. So that was good enough that her credibility was ruined and the child was considered manipulated by the mother and custody went to the father. Well, when that happened, all hell broke loose and the only advocate that the child had was the mother who was now discredited. Because she had had sexual assault in her own family. And so this child grew up until the age of 15, from the age of 9 to 15, being sexually assaulted. And she had two abortions by her father. At that time, the father had remarried and was now being very and heavily abusive to his new married wife but still molesting his biological daughter. So at the age of 15, she murdered him. And she said she just got tired of being molested. So this is real. And I cannot implore you enough that sexual assault ruins lives and generations 
and it depowers individuals from having a voice so that the offender is able to continue to do what they do because, quote unquote, they have their rights. They have a right to do it. They can do it. They do do it. So after you get through um, the dedication and introduction, we're going to kind of um, <clears throat> talk a little bit more. And we will. I will do a little research and we'll find out how to really... I think chapter three is a really good strong chapter to kind of start with. I'm going to... I'll look at chapter two, but I really think chapter three is, is a good chapter to start with. I will post on e-junkie.com. So you'll have to go to healthyfamiliesfirst.com. The letter e-junkie.com. You'll have to go there and you can get the dedication chapter in chapter one to where you can see what the law said. I want you to understand what carnal knowledge means. Once you understand what it means, you can get a grasp of how court is going to go, how things in your life went. It'll kind of give you a vision on if you had a voice, what would have happened? If you didn't have a voice, what would have happened? It's going to kind of play with you. And then under federal law, not state law, so it doesn't matter what state you're in, under federal law, chapter one lays out what the federal law says about assault, sexual assault. I'm not going to get into family members just yet. I, just, I, I touched on it a, a bit, but it's such a depowering factor for individuals. I want you to understand if you do have some emotional issues, address the, those emotional issues, go ahead and address them. But then understand what the truth is. Emotions are symptoms of what the truth is. And sometimes we have to get out of our emotion. I have a friend that um, was a victim of family violence. And it, it kind of caused her to go through a financial lapse. <clears throat> After she went through the financial lapse, I think it, it maybe lasted a year. She got another house. The guy was taking care of her and her kids and the, the children didn't belong to him. And so she told me, she said, you know, Hell, I, I just really felt like women need to draw a line on how much emotion they're going to put when they have when they have a, a violent incident with a man, you got to draw a line. She said, because if you don't draw a line, your emotions get out of control and they, they take hold of you for the rest of your life. You're not going to get out of this. If you don't draw a line on the emotional state of the violence that happened against you and you make yourself, she said, if you don't, you will slide into a space that will ruin your life. Now, I I agree with her about 85%. The other 15%, she's just being a hoo-ha. You understand when I say a hoo-ha? <laughs> she's stronger than most. It was her only um it was her only incident of ever being victimized where a man really really physically hurt her, where she needed medical care and and so now she 
you know, she didn't lose a lot of her empowerment. So she gets in her hoo-ha, okay? <laughs> and, but but in, in her mind, her tr- in her truth, she says to victims, if you do not gather your strength and draw a line on the emotional stakehold of your life, what will happen is that you will never fully recover from what happened to you. Some guy who now has forgotten your name or some gal, some offender, some predator who's forgotten who you are, probably doesn't even remember the incident. And they've gone on to the next victim. It's five and six victims down and you're struggling with the same incident. So I get her point. Take that for what it's worth. Do what you want to do with it maintain so that's what happened that that's what she's saying she's saying listen get it together felicia we've got life to live we've got life and so like i said she's 85 percent right she's 85 percent correct my thing is as i'm leaving life i run into so many people if i don't share my experience and, and I get to just know who they are. So many people with similar experiences. And if I... The philanthropy in me... The ph- philanthropist in me... Will not allow myself... Not to have a voice that encourages you. Okay, now that's just me. I'm not judging anyone. If you just want to kind of forget about it, throw it in the trash and keep it moving, Felicia. I get that. But like I said, I've done this for about 25 years and we hadn't done a show in three years. And I, the, the lion just enraged in me that it's now time to do a show. Let's take our last commercial break. Be with you in a moment. As a nonprofit doing the most good, the Breaking Generational Curses series and Healthy Families First is promoting healthy parent child relationships when there is a kinship split. No communication, no awareness, no occasional meetings, no nothing. And our intent is an information hub for parents to approach healing and recovery in safe spaces. Our broadcast will be featured in 47 countries and all USA podcast panels. Stay tuned for an open call to beta testers, listeners, sign-ups, and support. And again, thank you for listening. Visit CIDFUND.org. That's CIDFUND.org. And we're back. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Healthy Families First. I am your host, Dr. Raquel Leah. I'm going to say it again. You can listen to this in its entirety at 
bbsradio.com slash Healthy Families First. When you go there, purchase the book. The book has some spelling challenges. Get over it. I'll walk you through that. That's why we're going to take this chapter by chapter. If, as an alternative, you may go to healthyfamiliesfirst.e-junkie.com and buy the book chapter by chapter. And we'll also have um, the show for you to purchase. Okay. So the magazine... The first magazine is supposed to be in July, which is in a couple of weeks. And, oh my God, I'm going crazy about it. So I'm, I'm excited about it. Um, we're still working on the platform. We have the articles. We have everything pretty much that we need for it. I think I need to do a photo shoot, which I haven't done yet. So you may see um, my pictures that you've seen all over the internet. The only reason we haven't done that is because I moved 3,000 miles away. (laughs) So now I have to find another photographer. So as I go through that process, I also have to eat, sleep, and dine. And because of that, cybersecurity is is going to take the premise in my life. All right. So um, for those of you that do not listen to the show on bbs.com, you're probably listening it listening to it live on uh well you're listening to encore shows on Spreaker, uh YouTube, you may be listening to it on Spotify. We're also in um five or six others like fmradio.com, oh, iHeartRadio, we're listening in iHeartRadio, Burberry, Stitcher. So all of oh, uh Podomatic <laughs> and Podbean. <laughs> So those are the main ones where if you just kind of Google me, you may, it may come up on some other platform. I'm not perfect. I'm not even going to try to be perfect. If I tried to be perfect, I would have to charge you like $350 an hour. I don't get paid for this. So if you're looking for perfection, you're going to have to turn to another station because it does not live here. (laughs) However... Um, as we continue to get support, as you become a supported listener, as we uh, people continue to purchase subscriptions, I can do better as a professional. We can we can present a second edition of the book that doesn't have any spelling errors. That does that that is presented to you in a better format. Great, because I'm not going to keep apologizing for it. Well, I don't think I've apologized for it yet. I don't think so. <laughs> but. The information is out there for you. It's not as it's not bad at all, and I think that you will be impressed with what uh, we talk about and the information that we present to you in the format that we present it to you in. <clears throat> I want you to be able to um, heal. As I said, this this book is dedicated to my four children and the Me Too movement. I have five children, but it's dedicated to the four children and the Me Too movement. And this is our, this is just our wall that we're building against people that are challenged in advocating for themselves their experience that they've had against a perpetrator that has sexually assaulted them. So this is tough. This is some tough stuff. Um, 
when we publish our book, all of the proceeds go to either um, Generation 30 Publishing Company or the Cognitive Institute of Dallas, who has a family division, to make sure that these proceeds help people in court, to help people kind of get some counseling and help people do whatever that they need to do. So none of it goes into my pocket. Everything is advocated out. Everything is goes out into helping the community. So there's not anything, any proceed. I would love for you guys to start paying me to do this. <laughs> I deserve a salary. So <clears throat> the show airs tonight. And when it airs tonight, you have those junkets that you're able to go into. You you can listen, download, do whatever you want. I still don't have anybody that's going over to patreon.com. We don't. And we need to we need to work on that. But we are a staff of three and four. So that might not happen. I don't know what to tell you. It's one of those things that step by step, everybody's kind of overloaded. And what they do, we have three people that we pay part-time and they're already on overload and I manage them on overload. So I'm not going to ask them to take on any more that they do. You'll have to purchase the book. Now you know why the book is as expensive as it is. Recovering from sexual assault is very difficult to talk about and that's why your counselor charges your insurance between $85 to $200 an hour. We're not asking for that. We're asking for a one-time payment of anything from $37 to $45 to purchase the book in its entirety. If not, then go onto the eJunkie website and then you can purchase it by chapter and kind of keep up with the show as we do that. And our hope and our prayer for you is that this is a small step into your recovery where you understand that you do have a voice, you're not the only one, and it's going to slowly begin to take links out of that chain for you. You'll find that. This is some difficult stuff. I might have a cry after this. <laughs> I might. And as difficult as it is, I've learned that there's some things in life that you have to go through. You have to go through the tough stuff. You're going to have, in order, in order to live a life of freedom, as my friend said, you got to put, draw a line on the emotional part. You have to pretend to be okay until okay is your reality. Now, how do you pretend to be okay? We all do it. We have to do it at work. We have to do it sometimes in front of our loved ones and our children, our spouses. We have to do it at the grocery store. We don't have the ability to break down and think about that junk. Yet, you also don't want to live a life where someone has put a chain to bind you and when they, when, when their sadistic mind spazzes, then they yank your chain. They yank your chain when their sadistic mind spasms. <laughs> now, why do you have anything to do with their sadistic mind? You didn't have anything to do with their sadistic mind when you were, a, when you were victimized. And so you shouldn't have anything to do with their sadistic mind, nor should you have to be um, a victim of their sadism. Has nothing to do with you. 
And so that's what you have to begin to understand. It, it doesn't have anything to do with you. It wasn't because you put on the push-up bra. It wasn't because you wore those short shorts at home. It wasn't because you were in the shower too long. It wasn't because you forgot to lock your door. I don't care if if you're a whore on the street sleeping with men for $10. Does you Did you get your $10? Doesn't mean some guy gets to come out and victimize you or some gal. Does not mean that. So you have nothing to do with their sadistic mind or their sadistic sadist thought. And so now as a child in that family, you were taken advantage of. The adults in your life failed to protect. The home that you live in was penetrated. Someone broke in and there you were. That's hard for a a person that has had something happen to them, told it was their fault, to now perceive, conceive, and believe that it wasn't their fault. And even if you don't believe it wasn't your fault, keep telling yourself it wasn't your fault. And, and, And your mind will begin to struggle against itself. It doesn't mean you need to be medicated. It just means that there's a piece of you that's trying to break free. How do you break free? Well, you better not become a danger to society. Because now they're going to lock you up. (laughs) Now they're going to say something's wrong with you. What they don't know is that you're fighting triggers. You're fighting something in your mind. There's a piece of your mind that's within the deep dark that was pushed down in the small crevice of a corner and it's trying to break free. And so we need to continue to peel the layers back. Well, how do you do that? Listening to shows like this, purchasing the book for the high expensive cost that it is, working every other week with the show, staying in counseling sessions. I want to tell you that people, I love reality TV. I think most of them are nuts, <laughs> but they love their nuts, you know, and, and they've learned how to um, find a space in the universe. And people on reality shows have bad behavior because something has happened to them in their past. And, and that's, that's, that's why they show you the person's bad behavior on television, which is kind of loony and funny. And then they sit them down and they let them explain what they were thinking. And you say, how can this person that can eloquently explain what they were thinking be so erratic and knock over a table, (laughs) throw a drink, fist fight? I'll tell you how. Because someone yanked their chain and pulled their trigger. And that's what you got. You got their inner child that has learned to protect the other inner child that was victimized. You got their fight. That's what you got. You got their fight. So, um, we have to stop here. And I was thinking about, you know, I'm Jewish and I make no apologies for being Jewish. And, uh... A lot of my friends are Seraphitic as well, Seraphitic Jews as well. And they'll be listening into the show. 
I was going to add a Hebrew prayer at the end, and I'll give you, and of course I was going to say it in, in Hebrew, but let me tell you what it says. It says, um, well, you know what, I think I'm going to Google it, because I want to read it word for word. And I, I, I want to, I've changed the prayer <laughs> to fit my, my children, but I, I want to say it and I'll say the one for girls and, and here, and it's, it comes from, um, if you, if you read in the Torah or the Christian Bible, it comes from number six, 24 through 26. And here's what it says for boys. May you be like Ephraim and Manasseh. May God bless you and guard you. May God show you favor and be gracious to you. May God show you kindness and grant you peace. And that's it. And for the girls, it says, May you be like Sa'i, Rifcha, Achiel, and Leah. May God bless you and guard you. May God show you favor and be gracious to you. May God show you kindness and grant you peace. And I say that prayer to adults, giving you blessings that you didn't have as a child, that you weren't guarded and protected. And my heart yearns for you. And I say that prayer for children who were not guarded and protected in today's age. May we whisper a prayer of faith to our children. My name is Dr. Raquel Leveh, Raquelea, and thank you for tuning in. So this is where our journey must end. And saying good evening and goodbye to you today does not mean that you don't get another opportunity to impact your generation, legislation, an effective change in your kinship and relationship with your child or your children. And as always, the vision of our broadcast is incomplex that you consider, catch, check out, and cradle simple approaches to parenting and communication. And we are here to help support. And in kind, your generosity helps parents' liberties and freedoms from constraint to guide and parent their children and grandchildren in safe and healthy places. Won't you become a patron today? Visit our supporters page at patreon.com slash healthyfamiliesfirst.